Welcome to The Scoop right here on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm Dinah Jansen. Federal elections in Canada are fast approaching, and today we'll listen to the all-candidates debate for Kingston and the Islands. But before that broadcast, in this segment, we welcome Queen's University professor and chair of political studies, Dr. Jonathan Rose, into the virtual studio to chat about leadership debates and their value in election cycles. Welcome, Jonathan, and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Diana. Happy to be here. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and research and teaching here at Queen's before we dive right in. Sure. Um, so I teach, uh, my broad area is Canadian politics, but I have a research focus in, I guess, what would be called political communication. So I'm interested in how candidates and parties and leaders communicate both during elections, but also between elections. Uh, I've written about political advertising and government advertising, but also follow leaders' debates uh, closely. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, again, today we're discussing the value of federal leaders' debates in Canadian electoral politics. Jonathan, can you remind us, before jumping into that, remind our listeners about some of the key issues that party candidates are debating in this cycle? Sure. I mean, before I answer that, I mean, what's really interesting is that uh, leaders go into an election with set ideas and agendas of what they want to prime voters and we've seen that uh, those issues evolve. So for example, um, the prime minister wanted the election to be about COVID preparedness. And it has been about that to some extent, but really the election has also been about whether we need an election. Um, other uh, issues that are relevant are not the pandemic response, but recovering from the pandemic response. So thinking about housing, thinking about employment, and of course, for a sizable majority of Canadians, pardon me, a sizable minority of Canadians, um, green issues in the environment are hugely significant. So uh, I think polling shows that you know, about 20% of Canadians will base their vote exclusively on how well the parties are managing the green economy and how well they've thought about environmental issues. So um, there's, uh, in addition to that, there's the usual grab bag of economic issues and the last couple of years have reminded Canadians about the precariousness of uh, the economy. And I think um, all parties have gone some way in providing assurance about how that economic reality might be different. Okay, thank you so much. Now, in your view, what value do leadership debates play in the electoral process? So, Leaders' uh, debates are actually really important. I mean, it is kind of interesting to me as a political scientist that up until 2019 election, so the last election, we did not have a leadership uh, debate commission. So there was no central body organizing this. Leaders' debates, which I think are an integral part of the campaign, were really left up to the whim uh, and vagaries of party leaders and broadcasters. Uh, but in 2019, one of the government's, uh, the Liberal government's commitments to democratization was to establish a leaders commission, which now runs these things. So uh, that means we are assured each election that there will be clear rules around who is included and who is not. And we know Maxime Bernier is excluded this debate. So that's interesting. 
Um, but also um, the leaders debates are really important because they provide a focal point for voters later in the campaign, we're 12 days away from the election, uh, about what they should um, be uh, thinking about and what the leaders are focused on. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all know that, you know, campaigns are incredibly scripted and they're tightly managed. And of course, debates are as well. All the leaders debates are practicing and rehearsing. Uh, all the leaders are, I should say. But what you see, though, is the unrehearsed response and conversation between them. And as your listeners will uh, listen to the uh, local leaders debate that follows this, um, you know, that's important. Bear in mind that this is an unvarnished uh, entree into the conversation of these people who aspire for leadership. And and to that, too, uh, given that we're going to be airing that all candidates debate uh, shortly after this segment, can we talk more about the value of debates at the local level, too? Yeah, sure. So um, the the local level provides an opportunity for uh, the all the candidates who aren't incumbents. So basically all of them <laughs> to, uh, to demonstrate who they are and what they're passionate about and what their beliefs are. Uh, I moderated a all candidates debate locally for Kojiko TV and you really see, and I think listeners will hear the different personalities and preoccupations and motivations of the candidates. And that's important. Um, there are a variety of reasons why folks vote for uh, the candidates they do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the party, sometimes it's the candidate, sometimes it's uh, how articulate and how responsive they are on issues. And the local candidate debate allows viewers to balance the you know, interest of the party priorities with uh, local issues. So I think it's really important in that respect. Okay. And now while the pandemic will inevitably uh, have some uh, take up a lot of uh, time and energy in the body of uh, of some of the debates that we're going to be uh, listening to <laughs> over the next 12 days and continued conversations and, and uh, campaign messaging that we see over and over in the media. Uh, I'm wondering how the pandemic itself may have also or does also impact the importance of televised and broadcasted leadership debates. Yeah, I mean, this the, the fact of having an election during a pandemic will be research fodder for years. <laughs> yes. I mean, we're seeing that daily on the campaign trail with uh, Mr. Trudeau uh, being met with quite hostile uh, um, anti-vaxxers uh, and people who are really pushing him on uh, the pandemic policy. So, I mean, that to me is the most obvious manifestation of the pandemic. The other one, of course, is that those large rallies that may have been the focal point of previous elections are much uh, less frequent if there even exist. I mean, we're seeing all the leaders with uh, physically distanced from their supporters and in small crowds. Um, we're also seeing probably um, local candidates uh, using other methods of communicating with voters, such as all candidates debates that are televised or recorded. Uh, we're seeing probably voters be less, less likely to attend all candidates meetings, be more risk averse. So it's really changed the dynamic and it's made the importance of information, both from the parties, but also 
from uh, media coverage of these events all the more important. Uh, I mean, I think elections are often seen as spectator sports for citizens. Uh, you know, citizens feel that they're on the outside watching the leaders battle it out. And I think with the pandemic, that's even more acute. Okay, thank you for that. And now, overall, do debate outcomes really have an impact on how the electorate actually votes? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a million dollar question. And the answer is it depends. Uh, so, you know, we've seen we can all point to some significant turning points in 1984 when, prime, when uh, Mr. Mulroney challenged Mr. Turner on patronage appointments and his famous line, you, sir, had an option. Mm-hmm. And that was a turning point. And then later it was returned by Mr. Turner challenging uh, Mr. Mulroney on free trade. Uh, saying, you know, you've sold out our birthright. And, and, and those moments are important, not only for that moment in the debate, but they recur in political party advertising and media coverage of the debate. Mm-hmm. Um, 2011, uh, the NDP got received the most seats they've ever had. And many people attribute that to Jack Layton's um, really pointed questioning of liberal leader Michael Ignatieff of his attendance in parliament. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do have these kind of gotcha moments. Um, th- that's not the norm, but uh, that can occur. Uh, I mean, this week when I'm watching the national uh, leaders debates, I'll be watching for how risk averse the parties are, the leaders are, uh, I think all eyes will be on Aaron O'Toole, who is the most, um, the newest of the party leaders, uh, along with enemy uh, uh, Paul, the Green Party leader. Um, but because Aaron O'Toole and Mr. Trudeau are neck and neck, I think people are going to want to have a closer look at Aaron O'Toole. And the the debates this week will really be an opportunity for um, Mr. O'Toole to balance the really precarious position he's in of a appeasing the right and trying not to let his support bleed to the People's Party, but also appealing to moderate centrist Canadians who might be right-wing liberals who feel that the liberal um, agenda may be too economically um, imprudent. So uh, it will be a really important debate for Mr. O'Toole. And I think Mr. Trudeau uh, just needs to come out unscathed. Okay. And so coming out unscathed, but what would Mr. Trudeau have to do to uh, win that debate in your view? As the prime minister and as the, you know, the person who is most well known, uh, I think Canadians already have an impression of him, good or bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what the debate will do for him, I think, is reinforce that, perhaps nudge some a little bit. So what he needs to do to win, to use that um, phrase, um, which I think is not really a right one, by the way, because I don't think debates are won or lost mm-hmm. um, because they're really an exchange of ideas. But what he has to do, I think, is to um, meet the accusations of the party leaders head on and have good answers for them. And that's what's great about debates is they allow for a really clear, rational, thoughtful, hopefully, uh, discussion of these important issues. Okay, and what can we expect, do you think, from the NDP, PPC, and the Green Party? 
Yeah, so um, the uh, the PPC, of course, uh, are excluded. So that's, I think, a really, in some way, an important oversight. Um, they are polling the Greens at about the same level. Mm-hmm. So the justification for excluding them on that ground is sort of not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Greens, um, enemy Paul has known to Canadians for the internecine fight in the Green Party uh, recently. And people are going to want to know what she has to say, not just about environmental policies, but also about the whole uh, range of policies that they have. Um, Mr. Singh is uh, wildly popular as a party leader. So he goes into the debate with a significant personal popularity. And what he has to do is tie that personal popularity into his uh, party's platform. Um, but I think he has an advantage because I think most Canadians are going in with a very favorable uh, view of him as a party leader. All right. Well, thank you very much, folks. We have been chatting with Dr. Jonathan Rose, Queen's University Professor and Chair of Political Studies right here on campus. Thank you so much for your valuable time today, Jonathan. We really do appreciate it. Thanks for the conversation, Donna. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.